Hello, fabulous friends, fans, and superstars. Welcome to Synchronicity Web TV. I am your host, Nadia Shaw, and this is your moment of synchronicity. Well, I'm so excited to celebrate with you today, Celeste Brooks. Now, Celeste is someone that I've been following online for a little while, and I've just loved her insights, her wisdom, her knowledge, her skills, and her energy. And I think you're about to see why she just radiates such good energy. And she was somebody in my mind right away. And I said, I want this person at Synchronicity University. And I love that she is going to be coming to Synchronicity University now as part of the July 2023 speaker series, alongside some incredible speakers. And for a very limited time, you can choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a class. You've got a little bit more time left to do that. And you're about to see just what I see when I look at Celeste and how much astrology, wisdom, and love and knowledge she has to give. So Celeste, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. Because like I said, you just create this wonderful energy online and you have so much to share. And so you are coming to Synchronicity University. This is really exciting. You'll be teaching about eclipses at Synchronicity University. So why do you love eclipses? What is it that inspires you enough to teach it? Yeah, so I'm a Cancer rising and my moon in Aries is in my 10th house. I am about all things the moon. Like when I started working with it, really changed my life. And watching, one of the things I love so much is astrology in action. And so watching during eclipse seasons, how what is going on in the news relates to, you know, the transits, I mean, the chart of the eclipse really, really has been something that, I mean, just fascinates me endlessly. So yeah, I just love watching them come to life. And I think it's like a puzzle. So we know something about what's coming, like this 29 Aries eclipse. I had been so obsessed with what is this going to mean for us in the collective and the fact that Jupiter was combust during the eclipse and that Mercury almost got to Uranus and then turned around and went back. Like I was just looking at this, seeing all these things and being like, you know, what could be the stories that come through? And so that's that's why I'm so fascinated by them because, and I feel like in our own lives, you know, you I like the to use the image of with eclipses, you walk through a door and then when you turn around, there's a wall. It's like the channel changes when the when the light is cut off and what was before is no longer. And sometimes with people, an eclipse lands like a whisper, but other times it's like the huge huge things in our lives are bookmarked often by the eclipse season. So that's why so, I love them so much. Yeah. So either they come in like super dramatic, here they are, or they're more of a personal prompt. And do you think that's depending on how it's aspecting your chart? Yes. I think how it's aspecting your chart. Number one, is it especially conjunct opposite or square one of your your natal planets especially your personal planets these are when i see them um, most having a big effect on people's lives and especially if people have chart patterns so and if eclipse sets off a t-square or grand trine or what have you you can really see the story coming to life in all the different houses of your chart yeah 
Uh, or the angles. <laughs> it's in yeah, one of your angular houses. Those are really big. And even if you don't see the story right away, the, the fact that the lunar nodes, the eclipses bounce back between them over, you know, about 18 months, there will be a story in that house or the houses that have been impacted that if you stay present with life and the astrology, you'll see what is going on and you can be more present as you move through the world in your life when you have this awareness. So why don't we look at the eclipses of 2023? Because we've had some interesting ones. We've got some interesting ones coming up soon. And so the first eclipse we had this year has already passed as of our recording this moment in this interview. Uh, April 20th, 2023 was the first eclipse of 2023 at 29 Aries, the very end of the sign of Aries. Um, how do you understand what took place with that eclipse and the characteristics of it? Yeah, so 29 Aries, the last degree of the sign is called the anoretic degree. And I'd like to feel describe it as it holds, that last degree kind of holds all the energy of the sign and what came before it. And so there's a really karmic nature to that 29th degree. And I I think this is really a year for self-actualization for people to really, okay, we're moving past that, you know, the whole COVID story. I mean, it's still present, but I feel like 2020 was a reset and the the North Node moving into Aries, the first sign of the Zodiac, I feel like this is a time where we're like setting our paths forward and thinking about how we've changed over this time. Aries, the sign of the self, I am that last degree. Like, how do you want your coming new coming out party to, to go for yourself, for yourself, how you take action versus others, Libra, thinking about when the nodes are going to switch into Aries and Libra. So that's one of the big things that I think about that 29th degree of, of Aries. Yeah. And the yeah. fact, the fact that the eclipse was near Jupiter and Jupiter being combust essentially. And then when we see in the, in the news, a big, a lot of Jupiterian topics have been in the news around this eclipse season. Judges, like with the United States, the Supreme Court Judge Clarence Thomas has had a big scandal come to light. Mercury retrograde happened during this time. So we knew there was going to be a lot of stories coming to light. And with Pluto having moved into Aquarius, I feel like it's about, you know, part of the story is about things being exposed of the powerful and, and whatnot from the Capricorn energy. And now we as the collective over the next 20 years are going to be making decisions as we, you know, take back some power about what we're going to do about, about the abuses that powerful people have been exposed at this time is one of the things um, that's that's come to light. Another thing that I think about with this is Jupiter rules um, has an association with horses, and in in the Kentucky Derby, this horse race that happens in the U.S. 
um, every year. Seven horses died right before um, right before the Kentucky Derby. And so this brought to light to the attention of the collective Aquarius, the abuse that these animals suffer during these races. And I'm wondering if over time that this, what was initiated by this eclipse will mean some changes about how horses can be treated in these races. We'll see, um, you know, Gosh, I'm I hope not so. sure, sure yet. Yeah. yeah. So those yeah. are some of the things, yeah, that really jumped out at me. There's also big legal cases in the United States about uh, Donald Trump, is, um, the president who has a 29 degree, a, a 29 degree Leo ascendant, the 29 Aries was just boom to to his ascendant from his ninth house of legal affairs. So those are three stories that pop into my mind about how the eclipse related, um, especially to the Jupiter being in Aries being such a feature and a little bit about Mercury retrograde stuff from the past. Yeah, uh, yeah. That Mercury retrograde playing a part also. I love that you mentioned Pluto as well, because certainly by degrees, there was a square playing out with Pluto. Yes. And I think that is part of us needing to look at this, you know, this darker stuff, like what's really going on and looking at that underbelly, um, especially when it is that things are not fair, for example. Um, and so, yes, let's send, because I have three planets in the sixth house. I really love animals. So, of course, that got my attention a lot. But so many different ways in which I think a lot of us really felt the intensity of the time. It was 29 degrees, as you said, anoretic, solar eclipse in Aries. That is like pure fire. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. New beginnings. And how do you use that fire? Like, I really tried to help people be inspired to take some actions and take some risks. I feel like it has kind of the nature of the full card in the tarot, that 29th degree of Aries, where you're setting out on a new journey in some ways. And, you know, are, you don't know exactly where you're going, but can you have some Jupiterian faith that and confidence, the Aries confidence that you can, yeah, that it's different times and the rules have changed. Uh, Pluto's in Aquarius, Saturn's in Pisces, boundaries are reduced, Saturn in Pisces. Uh, Pluto in Aquarius, the power is with the people. Yeah, it's, uh, it's such a different world, it feels like. Yeah, we're just on the precipice of a yeah. very different world. But speaking of Pluto, Pluto is ruler of Scorpio. And two weeks later, we had a lunar eclipse in Scorpio at 14 of Scorpio. Uh, what have you observed? Uh, what has come about as a result of that lunar eclipse? Yeah, that lunar eclipse, it, you know, I felt like I get kind of nervous when I see the the Scorpio lunar eclipses because last year's 2022's uh, Scorpio lunar eclipse was really difficult last year. There was just a lot of stories about um, violence and things in in the news. I think this one this year has more been about like unearthing financial secrets. There's been all sorts of um, stories that have come to light about, you know, people, abuse of power, abuse of finances, 
Also, I feel like it really had a lot to do with, yeah, like big money, big wealth, more than like the the brutality and the violence that can we can see with Scorpio. Although the the war in Sudan is is kind of related to this eclipse season, so we are seeing that we have seen an increase in the intensity in um, Ukraine, the Ukraine war, but. I think it's more about some of the other Scorpio topics around, yeah, yeah, like bringing things to light. And I think it offers a lot of opportunity for like bringing things up for healing is one of the things I think has been really um, available at this, you know, at this last, um, the lunar eclipse. I think it also has showed the power of, of people with Pluto, the ruler of Scorpio, being an Aquarius. Um, one of the stories of the eclipse here in the United States was that um, with uh, Bud Light did a, there was um, a promotion or some kind of partnership they did with a trans activist um, from the United States and people banded together, more conservative type people, banded together and started um, banning and stopping to buy the to buy the beer and Saturn and Pisces, the the profits of this Piscean beer company have like just gone down the tube. So this is people banding together for something which I feel like is horrible. I mean, they're, you know, they're, you know, attacking a Pluto and Aquarius type person that doesn't fit their mode of what they think a person should be. And, but using their power, shadow power in order to like send this company's profits down the tubes. That's another thing that kind of feels in line with uh, the lunar eclipse. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because these types of partnerships are so widespread. I mean, companies, yeah. especially now with social media marketing, yeah. they really make alliances with just about anybody. And it's really, I don't think they really care either way about social issues. I think they're just trying to reach people. But it's interesting because today I saw something that said that just really beer sales overall are down, but the, the company itself behind Bud Light um, their sales are steady overall because they also sell seltzers and all kinds of things and the sales for those are up. And so it's hard to know. I mean, it just seems a lot of this, uh, I love that you correlated it with Saturn uh, in Pisces because Pisces is stuff like beer, right? <laughs> Pisces mm -hmm. is escapism. And so what are the restrictions of that? What are the limits of that? Um, and also we have to remember we are in such a time of, transition right and i think there's there's like this sense especially with pluto in capricorn it's been so much about tradition and holding on um but pluto in aquarius is not you know just does not care about the past doesn't care about tradition at all it's all about individual self-expression and going your own way and and just being uniquely you defining you for yourself and so I feel like this is part of that very beginning kind of growing pains. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, that comes together. Of course, I'm working off my own biases, I do want to say, because people who watch me regularly know I try not to have my own biases come in, but oh, uh, yeah. what are you going to do, right? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I kind of let it slip that I... Yeah, right, it goes up, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But this fight between tradition and and individuality, I think we're going to be, I mean, this is going to be going on and on as Pluto goes back and forth from Capricorn, goes back into Capricorn, back into Aquarius. And yeah, it's, 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 it's really interesting to watch. That is a great point. Okay, so we've had a chance to evaluate the eclipses that have been Let's talk about the eclipses coming up because this October is pretty jam-packed uh, with two amazing eclipses set to take place. And the first eclipse is a solar eclipse on the 14th of October, 2023 at 21 degrees of Libra. Uh, so that looks to be a powerful one. What do you think we might be able to expect with that energy? Yeah, I'm really I'm really fascinated to see how this will show up because Venus rules the sign of Libra. And one of the big transits of this year is that Venus is going to go retrograde um in the sign of in the sign of Leo, so before this eclipse. So I think we'll have a better idea of maybe what's coming with that um with uh when Venus rules, we see what's going on in the retrograde. I just think there's going to be in the collective energies, there's going to be a lot of stories. I wonder about like models with, with uh, Libra and, and um, because it's a South node solar eclipse. So there's a difference when the North node is near the solar eclipse. And when the South node is near the solar eclipse, I think there'll be, like really big, potentially big shadows coming up around um, Venusian, especially Venus and Libra type people with, yeah, with with um, models, with the art worlds, um, relationships, a lot of news of relationships either transforming, like with Pluto and Aquarius or being untraditional or yeah yeah different rules with with relationships and we also may see a lack of tact and civility could be something that's coming up with this but yeah i think it's going to be really fascinating also justice and legal things um and fairness and that sort of thing and what yeah what laws will be enacted around the time in the united states they're big there's a lot of tension about women's rights for reproduction, reproductive rights. So that story is probably going to have some pivots at, at that time as well. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this shows up. Yeah, isn't it interesting? I just realized that that eclipse will be square Pluto, which will be sort of mm -hmm. in the late degrees of Capricorn at that point. But it will also quincunx. It'll quincunx Uranus and Neptune on either side. And so there's this sense of all the outer planets being involved. It makes it a time that feels like it has that much more consequence. Mm, yeah. That's going to be fascinating to see that how that shows up, especially since I believe Venus is going to be in Virgo, the sign of its fall at that time. So you've got a really weak Venus, you've got this eclipse, and with Pluto, Uranus, and Neptune being activated, it's 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 going to be fascinating. What are the big things about I'm noticing about Pluto and Aquarius and Saturn and Pisces? Those two transits happened within two weeks of each other. And there seems to be a lot of stories going together about that. 
about can you believe what you're seeing with your eyes and in the relation to art or even just um, media and propaganda. This feels like the Neptune side of it. Um, they're showing like fake things happening that look really look really real. Like I saw a reel about it looked like someone had attacked the Pentagon or something. So it reminds me of like from the 19, I think it was 30s, War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. They did this radio broadcast about the book where people were freaking out thinking this was real and that um, aliens had come from outer space and were attacking people. Um, and how the images and technology is being used to present false realities and like Saturn and Pisces, you, you, what's real, what's not real, technology with Pluto and Aquarius, and then you bring in this uh, Neptune and, and Uranus with the eclipse. Huh, it could be something really interesting. Yeah. And I'm thinking about how I love that you mentioned Virgo uh, will be, um, sorry, Venus will be in fall while moving through the sign of Virgo. Mm -hmm. That's right after the uh, whole retrograde season of Venus and Leo is over. And that Venus in Leo retrograde season, it's a doozy. I mean, Venus is squaring Uranus three times, Quincunx Neptune three times as part of that larger transit. And I've been saying to people like, just, you know, don't do any cosmetic stuff. Like, just don't. <laughs> I, I mean, I have a bit of a funny example. And I guess it was, you know, no harm, no foul in the larger scheme of things. But there was once many, many, many years ago, there was a Venus retrograde. And I remember uh, up until that point, everything I was wearing was black. There was like a, a little bit of a while, uh, maybe a year I'd been wearing all black. And then for some reason, I wanted to wear yellow. And I never liked wearing yellow. And I literally went out and I bought like a whole new wardrobe with so many yellow pieces. And I rocked them during the Venus retrograde. And Venus went direct and I just couldn't stand all this yellow clothing anymore. I just went right back to my black wardrobe at the time, you know? And so, yeah, like I said, no harm, no foul, but it's interesting to consider in the context of that we're going to have this very powerful Libra eclipse, which, which is connected to Venusian energy. Venus won't be strong. And, you know, so many of us are, are saying, astrologers are saying, don't have cosmetic procedures, don't make dramatic changes to your appearance or whatever. And so what celebrities might actually go for it and, and do something like that and maybe not have the best outcome. So let's just yes. send a lot of, yeah, wisdom out there to whoever you are, whether you're a celebrity in your own mind or, you know, sort of in a larger context, whatever it may be, uh, may we all use the Venus retrograde and the eclipse to connect with a, a deeper love, right? And that's not yeah. to say, I mean, look, if you have a cosmetic procedure, it has nothing to do with love or self-love or whatever. But I think that when we have energy like this, with this eclipse and a Venus retrograde, um, the lesson is to find a sort of a, a higher 
more profound love beyond the superficial to get really honest with yourself about what beauty is and and to see it beyond just the external factors i think that's where our our learning and our strengths are and so i know this isn't about eclipses but have you had any thoughts like maybe first thoughts about this venus retrograde season yeah Yes, I'm really interested to see what happens with celebrities because a Leo, I'm thinking celebrities or royalty. Yeah, that there could be big stories about that. One of the things that relates into Saturn and Pisces, sorry, my allergies went haywire for a second. Um, With Saturn and Pisces, there's this big blob of seaweed that's been floating towards the United States. And I'm wondering if that will be part of the Venus retrograde, what people going on vacation and it's kind of, you know, ruined a bit because you can't swim in the water or it just stinks on the beach or it costs more because places you go have to add in fees to clean up all this mess or something like that. So I'm thinking, yeah, it's, it's not going to be the hot girl summer we'd all like it to be in some ways, because for some people, I think it'll be a lot about vacation, because that's so Venus and Leo that there's problems. It could be weather. It could be like the seaweed blob. It could be something we're not even on our radar that comes up that p- puts a damper on on vacation stuff. Oh, my God. And, and there, you know, there's like... Sad- there's a time when both Venus and Mercury are retrograde. Mercury and Virgo and Venus and uh, Leo. That's going to be, I think, a little bit wild that 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 week. Yeah, we'll see. Well, you know, yeah, we'll see. But I am a Sag Moon. It's very hard for me to stay in one place, um, and I, I'm sort of like trying to wrap my mind around the fact that okay, this Venus retrograde season is taking place entirely in my natal second house and all those Uranus squares and Neptune quincunxes and all of that. I'm like, you know, it's okay. Just hang out at home, Nadia. Like right now I'm just got home uh, here in the suburbs of Toronto, like the boonies, the way out the boonies. And, Uh you know, I'm such a jet setter uh, and it's very finding it being a big adjustment. And I'm, I'm finding myself being antsy and, Oh, goodness. I'm going to remember this. I'm going to remind myself to watch what you're saying right now when I feel ready to take off. Like, no, okay, just chill. Be okay. Find the beach within people to the best of our ability. I'll need to or just don't, come to the Pacific. Don't go to the Atlantic. That's where the blob is. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because a couple of years ago, I was living in Cancun and the entire Caribbean was having this issue. So all the Caribbean islands and uh, were having this phenomenon take place with masses of seaweed arriving. Um, Yeah. Like, let's just, I mean, I want all these people working in tourism to do well, but then I also would love everybody to have a beautiful vacation uh, that is filled with, wonderful learning on all levels of spirit and mind and body and so on. So yeah, let's put good energy out there. But I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to remind myself that when I'm feeling rather antsy, which is sort of a (laughs) modus operandi for me with my Sag moon. Okay, finally, partial lunar eclipse, the 28th of October, that is at five degrees of Taurus, mighty close to Jupiter. 
opposite Mercury, opposite Mars. So how are you looking at that energy? Because this year, the Scorpio and Taurus eclipses, these are the last eclipses we're going to have in that Taurus-Scorpio axis until 2031. So this is really like that cherry, that last little bit. Um, how are you seeing that final eclipse of 2023? Yeah, I'm really interested in seeing that. And one of the things I forgot to say about the Scorpio eclipse we're having now is that in the U.S. there's this debt ceiling fight. So it's all about this huge power struggle about um, about you know the finances in the, the United States. And yeah, I think that is going to be a big issue. Finances. Um, coming up in that last that last eclipse. In the US, it will be uh, the time for budgeting. And yeah, hopefully it won't be another season where the US does not have a budget and we have all these kinds of problems. Uh, I think we will continue to see, like with Pluto and Aquarius, there that more and more groups are going on strike and things like that. Like a big story of this current eclipse has been the in France with the retirement age. And that's a lot about pleasure, Venus, and like having balance in your life, retirement age stuff, Libra. Yeah, I wonder if that could be something that comes up as well about, you know, people striking or taking action about governments doing things that lead to less pleasure in their lives or less, you know, the lowering the retirement rates where people eclipse opposite Mars, stand up and, and start fighting against the power. Yeah. And it is a, a quite an intense, important energy with Taurus there, right? So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very likely going to be oriented. Pleasure. Around, yeah. Pleasure, money resources. Yeah. 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 Isn't that interesting? So we've got a lot to look forward to in 2023. And uh, Celeste is going to be talking a lot about eclipses as part of the July 2023 speaker series at Synchronicity University. You've got just a little while left to choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a glass. Come listen to Celeste talk about eclipses, help you to make a connection to them, help you to work with eclipses as well as they take place in your chart, in your sky. So I think it's going to be an incredible class. Celeste, thank you for being here. I loved getting to know you. I loved talking to you. And I'm really looking forward to your talk. Oh, thank you so much, Nadia. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you, everybody out there for watching. Until we connect again, take care. Bye. Thank you.